Welcome to Blue Collar Mystics, the under-the-hood approach to the depths of human consciousness. So many mysteries, so little time, so many big words. That's why we aim to take the mystical and make it practical, usable in your everyday life. And you know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your story. What happened when you started asking yourself the real questions? Like, who am I? What is this? Is it a hologram? Is this some kind of weird cosmic joke? Hey, these are the questions that we are trying to get to the bottom of as we explore the final rabbit hole together here as Blue Collar Mystics. Right, we're live. Hell yeah. I'm growing my beard out, looking more like a wizard every single day. It's it won't be long. What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. Thanks for hanging in and hanging out with us on the stream. Uh, I pinged some folks in our dream thread because we have a bit of a dream group. And um, yeah, it's I, maybe that's the spoiler. It's a dream within a dream. What is it? They say. What is it? Um, it, Yeah, it's been crazy, uh, but we wanted to talk about dreams and have uh, Derek uh, come back and hang out with us and Bill from 13 Questions and my good friend who is the the most avid dreamer I know and uh, and somebody that uh, has learned and we've learned a lot together, even though it's not really my um, specialty about dreaming and dreams and stuff. And we've been doing that. telegram group for god a few months now right it's been a while yeah i'd say since last winter so maybe some people so if if, you know as people kind of get on i'll put a comment to like hey if you guys want to hop in and and chat with us live uh, we'll we'll make that happen maybe a little bit later in the stream um i don't want to get too hectic off the rip but uh, i just want to say thanks everybody for being here and this is going to be a lot of fun, um, specifically talking about lucid dreams here uh, a little bit, but we can veer off that and talk about other things. I know that for Abby and I both, we saw a lot of meaning and use in lucid dreaming. And then over the past probably year or so, saw a lot more value in regular dreaming. Um, and if you guys have any questions, light them up in the chat, you know, like... Abby's got some uh, pretty good stories, and I assume, Derek, you probably do as well. Um, this is <laughs> probably something that's pretty well charted for you also. What's up, the Cozy Crone? How's it going out there? Thanks for chatting in, everybody, for hanging out with us live. It's super fun. I want to talk about some crazy shit, but and we are, because like nothing's crazier than the dream world, except for maybe the clown world is pretty close, but still not quite there. <clears throat> but we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this. If you don't know anything about lucid dreaming, it's when you become aware of of yourself in a dream that you are dreaming. You become pretty powerful in that moment. And uh, it's a pretty life-affirming experience. Um, For for me, uh, I remember the first one I had. I woke up the next day and I never felt so uh, connected, you know, and uh, confident and all that because of the, uh, the, the, the lucidity. Right. It's uh, it, it was definitely a 
self-aware moment for me. And uh, it was a huge impact on my life. And, uh, and then I started looking into it more and more and reading books about it and watching cool movies like Waking Life. If you've never seen that, you should check it out. It's awesome. Richard Linklater movie. And, uh, and really haven't had very many <laughs> lucid dreams since then. I had the one and then I've had a couple of fragments over the past few years and fought a lot of uh, bouts with sleep paralysis myself, uh, which has subsided um, over the past probably year or so. But uh, we've been learning a lot. Well, uh, go ahead. Your Bill. first your first lucid dream was a good experience then? Like it was a good dream? Yeah, I'll tell the story uh, real quick. It's it won't it won't take very long. I was dreaming that I was uh, walking into a, the Walmart down here, uh, but it said Walrock Cafe. Uh, so I was like, "That's fucking weird," you know, like that's not right, and that snapped me out of it. And there was like people going around. And I was like, Boston people around. I was like, dude, push over all those carts. You know, I don't know why that's what I wanted uh, somebody to do, but I had a dream character do that. And then I went into the Walmart and into the subway and, and then just kind of walked around. And then I walked out and, and then started flying. And then I woke up shortly after that, but that's, that's all that really happened, but it was still m mega impactful, especially at the time I was probably like 24 five or six maybe something like that so it was a long time ago interesting <clears throat> yeah have you ever had a lucid dream bill i i have uh only once or twice and the first one i can remember i was still living at my parents house so i was a child and i was it was a bad dream i was being chased out of my bedroom by a monster and then i realized that i was dreaming and i thought to myself oh i bet you if I think of this hallway extending like super long and it'll happen. And it did, right? And then all of a sudden my feet got heavier and I wasn't able to run as fast. And then all of a sudden the monster was behind me and I woke up. But I was like thinking all of these bad things to happen. And then they, they it did immediately. It wasn't a good <laughs> you, you immediately uh, manifested your intention and in the dream. That's the yeah, crazy yeah. thing about fear and what I've really learned. I've got, and next time I have a, a bout with the sleep paralysis deal if that happens again which i kind of hope it doesn't uh even though I, I there's i know there's something to that where if i can stay stay away from that fear loop then i can uh probably just astrally project and just bust out of bust out of the skin cage uh, at least that seems to be the uh consensus the general consensus what's up kev <clears throat> um welcome dude so anyway, um, I don't want to devolve into that, uh, but uh, but maybe we'll, we'll talk about some uh, some experiences, maybe that are one that you might want to highlight, Derek. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, I can actually tell you quickly about one of my first ones when I, oh, I was probably in my teens, where I had a whole Neo from the Matrix moment. Um, it was a whole. It would have been what's called a nightmare at first, and then when I woke up in the moment, I just you know, had that whole empowerment thing and then woke up and took charge and it kind of went on from there. So, and actually that's what also heightened what we call is my intuition too. So from having that moment, just kind of holding space and it, I'll tell you also real quickly, um, as it's changed. So now that I've done what I can call, I don't even know, hundreds and hundreds of sessions. And I didn't know this was a thing. So maybe Abby has some input on this as well. But when I before I do a, a session or an intuitive reading or, or whatever I'm doing with the person, it started over two years ago when my numbers went up. The client would come in and tell me, Derek, I saw you in my dreams last night. And I'm not actively doing anything, 
But now after probably 100 of those scenarios coming through, and it's and all I do is actually maybe at best look at the list of who my clients are the next day. And I don't know who most of them are, so I just see the first name. But I get that feedback, I mean, just so many times. It's kind of very interesting, too. So, again, I don't know if maybe, Abby, you had some insight into that. But that is something that's unusual. It has heightened on the more um, sessions I do. Um. I don't know. I mean, there's so much to say, really. There's so many <laughs> possibilities. That, that's the thing about the dream space is it's basically un, uncharted. It's not uncharted. I mean, you can chart your own dream space, actually. You can map it, and, and it'll help you wake up in your dreams. But um, what I'm trying to say is... <laughs> it's there's so much potential there you know and that's really that's where clairvoyance and everything comes from it's from the dream space not necessarily during dreaming it's just that you have access to that all the time like our subconscious is always you know a part of us is always there it's the akashic record it's it's that everything that could have happened and never did happen and will happen or might not ever happen but potentially could you know it's everything all possibilities exist there and that's where anything you create in this world comes from there. We're just channeling it and pulling it through. So, so it makes a lot of sense that the more that you do these readings, the more that you're kind of in tune to um, probable events, you know? I never really researched dreaming, but I can also ask just before I go to sleep to start the dream again at this point, and it'll start on the dime every single time. Yeah. Being intentional, and uh, I say intentional AF, being intentional AF about dreaming. And it's, um, if you do set intentions right as you go to sleep, it's pretty amazing what you can it do. Is. And it expands because I didn't know that was a thing even. And I tried it and all of a sudden it heightened and I didn't do anything extra special other than keep trying. So definitely each of us can expand to these things. It's, it's, it's mind blowing too when you get to certain levels of it. I was closing my eyes one day. I was taking it. I was just closing my eyes on the couch. I was trying not to fall asleep and take a nap, you know, but it was one of those, like I was losing the battle and I just closed my eyes and I kept seeing like, it looked like the blue iris of an eye and it was like really bright blue. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, that's a portal. You know, and I'm still aware of my body though. So like, I'm still awake. It was like a limit. It was a liminal image. And I kept saying, that's a portal. I'm going to take it into a lucid dream. I'm going to take it into a lucid dream. And then all of a sudden I was, I woke up in, in a dream and I could see my hands and I'm like looking at this black, it looked like a piece of black fabric, like a curtain. And I kept trying to like spread it out so I could see what was behind it. Cause I could see like a television screen. And I was trying to see what was on the TV screen. And then all of a sudden two hands reached out and grabbed mine like this and hooked their fingers to mine and touched his forehead to mine and goes, boo. And it woke me right up. I was so mad cause I didn't want to wake up, but it was, um, but, but that was one of those things. I just invented it right as my eyes were closed and saw this little blue wheel and decided it was my portal to a lucid dream and it worked immediately. I see a lot of blue as well. Even in um, the store here, it's called mystical wares. A lot of stuff happens in here. Blue orbs, not just myself, but customers as well see it. So there's something to the blue color. Definitely. There's a lot of that happening. Yeah, it was weird. I've, I've seen those before, like doing Wim Hof breathing, but it was always like golden or purple. And that was the first time it was blue. And for whatever reason, I decided at the moment it was a portal <laughs> and it works. So. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I That's out of my wheelhouse for sure on the, on the, on the portal. Well, I've seen the, 
I've seen definitely the, the donut yeah, from breathing. You've doing seen the it Hoff. though. Yeah, for so sure, for sure. I just haven't done the dolphin jump through the hula hoop yet. You know, I, I, but I have like re-entered dreams and done a couple of, of things like that, which is pretty cool. And we were talking the other day, you were talking about um, seeding dreams. And do you, it, can we talk about that a little bit? Just like how crazy and it is like, because you're talking about, you're talking about the dream space. This this really tied the room together for me. The idea that the dream space is the mind of infinity, right? Like the 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 bookstore of everything, the library, the living library, as Gordy's saying in the chat. I love that. Yeah. It's great. The space of variations. <laughs> the you know whatever it is, right? Like the ultimate, the film roll stash. Like everything is in there. So like that. I didn't. I never. I never really thought about the dream world as the mental world. Uh, until maybe a few years ago, <laughs> but it really, it really like shifted the way that I kind of saw things. So if, so how did, how did that kind of whole thing come The story that you told the other day is so fascinating about the ad that you saw, but I, I'm trying to think of like how to get to that. You know, like uh, I think maybe yeah. like we sent each other a couple of okay. things on Instagram or something. Well, before but. that, though, in the dream group, somebody had mentioned that, like, do you feel sometimes like what if they are implanting thoughts and giving us dreams like like advertising? Because I had like almost like invasive questions where somebody's asking you invasive questions and you're giving the answer and you're almost like, Oh crap. Why did I tell them that? Um, kind of like an inception type moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, and this person like felt like it was asking about brands of stuff that she used. And it was like, what? So, um, so then I kind of felt like I've had dreams where people have asked me questions. In fact, I had one just two nights ago. It actually freaked me out really bad. Somebody kept asking me like one of my security questions that, you know, something that I've used hmm. like over and over again. And I'm like, I answered that to somebody and I'm kind of triggered. Like I want to figure out what I've used that for now. <laughs> but, um, uh. but so we were talking about that and that was, I don't know, a month or two ago, but then um, Andy from the group, she, she sent me that thing on Instagram about advertisers trying to intentionally give you dreams. So that way you dream about their product while you're sleeping. And then you wake up thinking you need it. Mm -hmm. And then right <laughs> after I send it to Owen, um, the next morning I'm up doing cardio and I'm not a morning person, but I get up and I do my job because that's, that's what I do. So um, and my husband always flicks on the TV and I hate it because it's like it, the sound's not on and I have my earbud, earbuds in and I'm listening to music, but I can see what's on the TV. All of a sudden I see um, dream, dream of this and it has two Mercedes Benz on there. And they were like, they were like the SUV version and it was for a casino. It was a casino ad, but I kept saying, and it had like clouds all around it and it kept saying dream, dream of this. And I was are you kidding me? They're actually doing it. <laughs> it's right here in front of me. I wanted to record it, but it's very, very, very vanilla sky type of like con confrontational trippy ass moment. Right. Like when it hit me, cause I, you, I know how let's just, let's just say on a level of just pure marketing. Right. And no, nothing other than that. Right. Like assuming, we're not calling it magic right now. Yeah, we're just going to yeah. call it regular marketing. We're just going to call it marketing. Right. Like we're not going to go any deeper than, than just trying to sell you shit in your dreams, which is pretty fucking evil, <laughs> but I could totally see people, you know, 
spending whatever, however many amounts of money, like from a business standpoint, if you put $2 in and you make 20 back, then they'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just, that's crazy, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It's just a whole other, that's just a whole other level of, of mind fuckery. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but, um, I, I would love to hear, uh, actually, uh, specifically your answer to this, Derek. Um, I, I, and, uh, Abby and I both are sort of familiar with a lot of the same material. Uh, and my friend Kevin asks in the chat, does the dream space overlap, overlap with the astral realm at all? <clears throat> They're pretty much the same thing. You know? That's yeah. Yeah. It's all frequencies, of course. So when I, cause I can remote, I call it remote perceiving, not just remote viewing. Cause there's a whole lot more than just seeing things. You can actually in essence, take a, a portion of yourself there will say, I'm kind of thinking, do stuff. And I do all kinds of crazy things. So absolutely, as Abby was just saying as well, it's it's all depends on the, the person's awareness level. The more I say frequencies, energy they hold, the more they can perceive. But you can definitely cross over all of them. Um, that's that's definitely. That's great. I, I, yeah, I love, I love the way you explain that. Go ahead, Abby. Because Castaneda, Carlos Castaneda, who's like probably wrote the first book on lucid dreaming, in modern times and um and he's controversial a lot of people think that he was making stuff up but if you read the art of dreaming and try some of that stuff then you'll see that he actually was on to something and, and almost everyone who teaches lucid dreaming now or writes books about it quote quotes him um anyway my point is he says that the point of lucid dreaming is to find and perfect your energy body because you have two bodies. You have this one and your energy body. And your energy body is its own separate entity and it doesn't even need this body. Like um, you could actually live in two places if you can find and perfect it. So. Is it really that hard to find though? Like it's, it shouldn't be, right? Well, soul fragmenting. So that's where like trauma, trauma healing and stuff comes in. Because if you're really fragmented and you're not healed and you are suppressed and your energy channels are blocked, you don't have energy for your energy body. So that's where like recapitulation and um, pulling the emotion out of your body comes into play. I was going to add, Owen, um, I have another um, uh, another view of it as well, and that actually plays on what we were just talking about. Um, when I do it as well, I get to actually, and I like to term it, so when I have sessions, people often ask me to explain their past lives. And I'll say real quickly, time's not a thing. There's not past lives. There's concurrent lives. So when I get out there and do that, I don't like have to rewind things. I get to chit-chat with the other version of that person. So and you can call it dream state. It's really just a frequency level the way I see it. Um, so I get to chit-chat with those people during a session as if it was like one of their own spirit guides. And then you can you can do a whole lot with something like that. So it's all active all the time. And again, that whole as long as we expand our understanding, of course, that time's not a thing and everything's always happening. Well, then you can access it all, and that means in the here and now too. So dreams too. Um, there's no really separation. It's like trying to say, well, am I smelling something or tasting something? You're doing both, unless you decide in your head you're only doing one. Um, but yeah, we can all access that stuff. That's awesome. And that's what they say is that, you know, somebody, we kind of brought up in the dream group too, like, um, well, what if you get to the point where you can't tell the difference between dreams and reality? And 
Castaneda says you should get to that point. That's actually a good point to be at. Yeah, I'll say that's um, the same even reality here. So I'm, I'm, I'm what's called a seer in some societies. I can actually perceive and see different things. I can see energies for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, it's a blend for me. So if I'm looking at somebody here in person and I'm doing a session, I look off and I guess we call the ether or energy and there's stuff and my ears are ringing right now as I'm talking about it. And that whole exchange of energies happens immediately. And then I, I'm putting a wall here, but I get to see off to the right of the person, their energy body, and then all kinds of crazy stuff happens. But it's right here and now. It's nowhere else. It's just like floating next to the person. And sometimes the client will see a little orb. I get to see a whole lot more than an orb for whatever reason, too. So it, it, it just varies. Um, but it definitely is all accessible always, um, from at least my perspective. Yeah, that's so cool. Bill, were you saying you were doing some research on the dream seeding thing uh, earlier before we started? Yeah, not specifically on dream seeding, but I'm reading this book called The Field by Lynn McTaggart. Derek and I were actually talking about it privately the other day, and it just so happens that the chapter I read right before this show started was on dreaming, right? So a little synchronistic there, but... <laughs> The uh, Lynn, is, uh, the author, isn't an, a scientist. What she's done is kind of compiled uh, accounts of studies done by a bunch of other scientists uh, of note in the, in the field of well, the zero point energy is, is what she's referring to the field when she says that, right? So one of those uh, people is by a, a gentleman by the name of William uh, Browd. Uh, he worked with uh, Edgar Mitchell, which uh, who who was a, an astronaut astronaut in Apollo 14, uh, in in doing lots of research at the Mind Science Foundation, which is uh, the company that Mitchell set up in. Um, but uh, he, I can go into I can I can read excerpts or whatever if we want to. But basically, the the end result was that uh, you can influence uh, other people's uh, responses. Like you can. The responses are able to be measured in the receiver of the information is is so it's scientifically measured that it does have an effect so you can kind of influence people at a distance it's, you don't even have to be in the same room right which i mean we do distance stuff uh, we talk about that stuff all the time at least derek and i do um but uh yeah this it's and and it goes on to say that you can actually uh, there's a, a method to protect yourself from from said influences if if you do not want them. So uh, that's something that I found very interesting because it kind of ties into my daily practice of armoring, which is something I learned from Derek. And there is um, uh, in the book here, and maybe this is off the point here, but uh, in the book they, re they refer to it as shielding, but uh, I, like, I like the term armor. And Derek had a very interesting... Uh, kind of explanation as to the as to why armor would be more of a better term than shielding do you Derek do you want to do you remember mm -hmm. talking about that yeah sure oh sure yeah I can give kind of a, a truncated version as well but um because again as I like to term it I'm a perceiver of energies not just a seer and we all are technically and we can all advance these things so every one of us are intuitives um but because I do get to see what they call people's auras or biofields when I see somebody walk into my store here, Mystical Wares, and they're coming in for a session, and then I chat with them later during the session, I ask them what they've done and whatnot, and they do some kind of protection, um, I just call it recipe. What I see from that is 
kind of a weakening of their aura or biofield because in their thoughts, and I've talked them through this, they're thinking, I need to be protected from, and I'll just kind of joke and see all the ghosts and goblins and bad energies out there. So they get in a state of fear, being protected. So I get them to kind of flop that word protection with armoring themselves. And then they think in their head, well, I'm armored. I don't need to be protected. That's a whole different feeling or energy. And I get to see that then appear in their aura. I'll just kind of call it cohesive aura because it's a hard thing to talk about when you're talking about energies. That's a vague word in itself. Um, but they do get stronger energetically when they just come from the state or intention of knowing they're armored and not needing to be protected. And then energetically, that's a whole different effect on them. It's funny that you guys bring this up because I, okay, I know I've, I've always done a 12D, not always, but 12D shield meditation. And, um, and I had a dream the other night that really kind of creeped me out. And I was like, gosh, cause I've been, so lacking on some of my spiritual practices, just, you know, sleep hygiene, even just, just shielding before I go to bed. So I'd like, I like that word armoring, but um, yeah. Will you guys, will you guys talk about that a little bit more? Cause I'm curious what you guys. I, I can actually expand on that. Um, yeah. I you know, that. A recipe, meaning you don't have to follow any recipe, you know, change it, modify it if you don't like some part of it, but but I also get into the science of it, and I, I won't get you know too sciencey here. But I'm holding up for those who get to see the video. What's called a buckyball or a fullerene. It's also a soccer ball shape. So it's a very useful structure of the universe. Sometimes it's called a platonic solid or sacred geometry. And I'll tell you, that's a container of the universe. So that soccer ball shape, and there's a reason I'm dragging this out, is made up of little hexagons and pentagons, little six-sided shapes and five-sided ones. I'm also an organic beekeeper, and I'll tell you, honeybees didn't randomly choose the shape of hexagon to put their honey in, in their honeycomb. That's not a mistake. It's not random. It holds energies very well. So, and I'll also say, of course, for those that can see, I'm holding up a glass of water here, and this is a form of energy on 3D, and doesn't this energy work a lot better in a container called a cup or a pitcher rather than me just kind of tossing it at you? So... With that understanding, the energy often works or holds form better in a container. What I would suggest is we use that buckyball shape or soccer ball shape and imagine it around yourself and then just filled with love. And I actually go a little bit deeper. I would suggest that you imagine starting from inside your heart chakra and then expanding from there. Because if we think it's coming from outside of us or coming from Gaia, it's kind of like if we ran around in the dirt all day and got dirt on us, jumped in bed, pulled the sheets over us. We didn't accomplish much. We just covered up that stuff. So because we are a light entity having a human experience, and by the way, we exist in our heart chakra, not this cholesterol sack we call a brain. So if you imagine that little soccer ball of love already in your heart center, then expanding from there, and you don't have to go CD on this, just think, I want it to remove whatever's excess or overage for me. And you don't have to think this color, that, that energy number and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're just standing there in an invisible soccer ball of love. But I'll tell you, if you do that, what I see as a seer is your aura is more cohesive and strong. And you have chosen as a conscious light entity to affect your frequency around you. Physicists know this is a thing. 
we can describe it lots of different ways, but wake up in your environment and realize that container. And I just talked about love. It sounds corny, I know, but it is the strongest energy in the universe. And it's 0.1 hertz. Um, it, it varies, but that's about the range. It's also, I'll say, the frequency in a cat's purr and a bee's buzz. There's a reason for that. Not the sound, but the frequency. Um, and scientists know this as well. They're the ones who figured it out. So being in that energy container, and I'll also add on, that it lasts about 24 hours. So it's kind of like etheric hygiene. You know, we, we take a bath or shower every day, every other day for our physical bodies, for the stuff that gets on us. And we're only 10% physical. We're 90% metaphysical, but we're not taught how to do etheric hygiene. And that's that armoring process. And I would say do it every day. And by the way, who limited you to once a day? So anytime you feel stress, anxiety, depression, those energies, armor again, you'll remove those frequencies from your biofield and they won't have such an effect on you. And that can be done remotely as well as you guys were talking about earlier. You can think about grandma in Florida or your brother down the street. It doesn't matter. It's got quantum entanglement if you're a scientist or we're all connected through metaphysical, whatever. It's all the same thing. Know it. You will be in tune with that same frequency and your imagination is real. So use it and you can really have an effect. You want to hear something really funny, mm -hmm. actually synchronistic. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had told my friend Gordy, he's in the chat that I was, um, that I would do a Reiki session for him right before he's going to have um, a procedure done. And I had been at the gym, so I got home late and then I was like, oh, you know, and I remembered, but usually when you do distance Reiki, you use something like a stuffed animal or something to direct your hands and the flow of energy. And I could not, my kids were all in bed. So all that I had was a soccer ball. <laughs> so I used a soccer ball. <clears throat> but the weird thing is, is that he um, visualized, because when I got to like his solar plexus chakra, um, the ball, I imagine the ball being like a, a sun in my hands, just this bright glowing light, you know, like the sun. And he saw it. So it was so bizarre that. that it wasn't was, random. Yeah. And that was, of course, a synchronicity that wasn't yeah. lost on you. And I'll, an add on, if you imagine a soccer ball blue, not a deep blue, and I don't know why I'm looking for something right here I can show you, but just a lighter blue, um, just that hue, that gives it a little more. Scientists will say orgone strength. So what's called orgone energy often comes in the shape of or shape, the hue or color of blue. Um, and that's a frequency too. So I'm just telling you another layer to add on. So if you're going to imagine that soccer ball, which is just a container that you can use out of time, mm -hmm. um, blue is a good strength as well. That, that's just one. That's like a, uh, a spatula in the kitchen where you can do a whole lot of things with a spatula, a whole lot of things with different tools to get creative. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I want to try that. <laughs> it's interesting that you ended on that note because one of the first experiments that William Broad did was he hypnotized one of his students at uh, the university he was working at before he met Edgar Mitchell. And he was working, that was kind of like his field, was uh, memory and learning. And um, so he was working with one of his students and he hypnotized him and had him in another room, right? And he was sending him messages and, and images. One of these things that he was looking at in this room was this painting of like this, this uh, a painting of like the Mexican revolution or something like that. And the, the, the guy that was under hypnosis a few rooms away, like described seeing this image during his, his hypnosis 
period, right? And then uh, William Brown did a few other things in the room. Like one of them was opening the door to the lab and it was like super bright and sunny out because they were in Texas. And the guy under hypnosis had like this vision of really bright sunshine after after the experiment was done and they were going through the results. So it seemed like there was some kind of like sympathetic connection between the the two ends of that transaction. I see it now like now that I've read some of the Castaneda stuff and even just listening to Derek, I see it all as um just like little gold cords, if they're cords of light. <laughs> you know, connect they everyone's connected. It is it's like a quilt really and you can do that. You can move between it and what people call grid patterns and grid lines and things like that down here. There's so many layers of that, even fake ones out there I found of um, uh, ley lines and things like that. It's interesting. Oh yeah, and it's and it's all connected. And the way to connect to something remotely, remember time's not a thing, is to think about it and then use your imagination and emotions. That's all energy and frequencies. Of course, everybody here knows that. And then you can connect so much faster. What I, the biggest thing I learned was to get out of my own way just know it and just do it and then oh my gosh does it open up and go faster yep that's so cool yeah somebody is asking i can't see who it is on oh yeah it was uh yeah cool i'm on i'm on facebook on this window uh is there going to be any discussion regarding parallel realities I, I feel like talking about this quilt and the way that sort of the fabric of reality sort of uh, might be a little bit of a segue. How do you sort of perceive that, Derek? What do you, how do you, how do you kind of, how would you answer that question, the whole parallel reality thing? It, it is. It's, of course, accurate. It's like, um, you know, listen to F, turn it on a radio in your room, your environment. You can turn the station here, country, turn the station, blues, rap, blah, blah, blah. It's mm -hmm. all there all the time. Of course. Sure. Um, it's the same way. But it's like I mentioned earlier, the concurrent lifetimes is one example. They're always there. It's just a, a frequency you can tune into, again, using your imagination and emotions. We're brought up here, especially America, your imagination's fake. You know, that invisible friend's not real, blah, blah, blah. No, your imagination is real. It creates the universe. It does. Um, but the parallel realities, um, that's one way. I'm not sure now on how that's described because I don't get to listen to many podcasts, watch too many shows. Are they... Maybe going on, what does Marvel do? They'll say exact same scenario playing out, but different actors. Is that so? If we can get, we can hone this a little bit more. Can... I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to kind of uh, see if we can't peel some layers back just to kind of uh, get a view, sort of, or, or somewhat of an understanding. I think you have a really amazing gift for simplifying things and, uh, and, and, and just really being straightforward uh, in, a, in a super clear, to understand way, which is awesome, helpful. So I think, um, yeah, I think it would be interesting to look at that. So everything's going on all the time, right? <laughs> we've, got that, we've got that going on. So here we are, we're this uh, avatar character, let's say that's on one of these frequencies, a band, a thread of reality. And then there's umpteen, like a very Southern thing to say right now, uh, different realities. And so we can tune into those by using our emotions, visualization, uh, maybe other things, and then begin to shift into those uh, realities, I think is, is the general gist and what people hope to, to glean from, from the idea, right? Like, how can I improve my life um, and use this model in order to be able to improve my life and, and the life of other people around me? 
I think that's the practicality of uh, maybe uh, talking through and understanding it. But I, but I, I'm sure it must go into fractals. It must go in, into just insane depths that our minds probably can't even. Uh, oh, no, fathom. it's understandable. Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll, get, I'll show you quickly too. If you imagine most of us here probably have played games or gamers online where you play Sims characters or RPGs. So long story short, you're sitting at a computer playing a character. So if you imagine what's sometimes called your higher self or oversoul as choosing to have a lifetime and they start another version of themselves in that. It's not so much that they took themselves. And then, by the way, who said you're limited to one character? That's called concurrent lives. You can have as many characters or lives as you want, all happening at once in different realities. And then what you can then do is trying to connect to your higher self. And if you wake up in what we call wake up in a lifetime and enhance your levels of perception, meaning you realize your chakras or senses, as well as you're not limited to sight, taste, touch, smell, sound. In fact, those are boring ones. Use your chakra. <laughs> they are. Pick up on your gut instincts, your third eye, and the stuff just turns on. And the more you know that's a thing, it just happens. That's your workout to make those activate. Not a magic mountaintop you got to find or a guru. It's you imagining it and thinking about these things, and then they just automatically enhance. It's like lifting weights. You don't have to know how to lift a weight. Just go through the effort. I tell you, lifting heavy objects, you're gonna something's going to enhance. Um, so now when you realize in a lifetime that you have a, a bigger you, you can say, and you realize in your understandings, which then turns on abilities, by the way, because your understandings expand, what we call abilities turn on. So we all have all these abilities. We just have to have the understanding and wrap our head around it and have the aha moment or the epiphany. Oh, that's a thing. And then it starts going from there. But you can wake up and see your concurrent lives. And I like to call it kind of like video on demand. You can, you know, access any of them anytime. And then if you pick up on, like, I get to point at my couch over here. When I have a person um, in person a session, I can look off to the right side. And I don't know why it's the right, but it is over there. And I can see that other reality or lifetime. Sometimes that entity or person wakes up and looks at me. And I look like a ghost-like figure to them. And that's not all the time. So it, it really varies depending on the person in front of me on their I don't like to say level, but their expanded view of the universe. The more they realize and understand, that's how they advance. And then I get those two entities to chat. And then really they can what's called upgrade each other because you're in essence the same entity anyway. So, you know, going back to that RPG or Sims analogy, you can pass trinkets off to another one. You can imagine it um, and imagine, oh, I've got a magic cloak of scene or something like that. And bring it over and all of a sudden yeah your intention was to activate your third eye or pineal gland the head game in reality in 3d might have been some you know handing over the cloak from another person that doesn't matter your overall intention matters so yes you can upgrade yourself and i know I'm, i kind of speak oddly but really just imagine other versions of yourself do what's called integrating or again just imagine well i want that cloak or you know whatever play a scenario and just have fun with it but your overall intention is what matters. And then you can't upgrade yourself. I love it. Um, just because this is where all of my thoughts have been going. And I feel like um, not I'm not the only one. I feel like it's just happening on a bigger level now. Uh, I don't know if you guys have followed any of the, the yay drama or whatever. But he kept saying in this one interview, he kept saying, um, yeah, that that's another version of me. That's another that guy's playing that he's the same character as me. Um, like basically saying, you know, um, 
yeah, I'm playing that guy too, but we're, you know, we're just a little bit different. And it's like, what the heck? So other people are, are kind of catching yeah, on to this, I, this oh, way yeah. of thinking. They're, they're picking up on it. It's just yeah. it's what's out there. So they're, they're picking up on that level of reality or frequency and just is what it is. Um, and then I'll tell you, there's also, um, non-player entities out there mm -hmm. so there's yeah. around us oh yeah you want to know what i'm talking about they'll be called different things npcs yep npcs <laughs> yeah, yeah characters um oh yeah the ones that are asleep and, and i'll tell you sometimes they're in between like they'll go on autopilot for a degree or years or, you know like when you put when you're when you switch your sim and you're controlling one sim instead of the the other one and then that one's like going to the bathroom and doing that stuff by itself you know it's kind of like that it's just like sims in that sense because you can play all your characters in the same round on sims mm -hmm. yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? and you can learn from each so wake up experience one of the other ones and just learn those lessons and bring it back into this reality that's the mm -hmm. thing too that you can do bring it back to lucid dreaming decide to have a, a decision in your head so think well i want to go chat with whatever other me can help me now and i'm going to go to sleep and dream that's it There's, it's not a, a magic you know thing you got to spell out or a potion just think about it have the intention and then it'll happen and then you can bring back stuff from there so really just try i think we can really do it it's a cool exercise too to think about all the different versions of you you could have been you know like that's trippy as hell, but it's true, right? Like there's gotta be all those different um, expressions of, of you, you know, you did, you went this path, that path, whatever, to think that you could encounter that version and then ask it for advice is pretty badass for a mastermind, you know, like usually- I've been thinking about that a lot as far as like, you know, like the connections that you make with people and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, and it's just, it feels like a really strong, quick, fast connection. And I think- it's not like it's not the whole soulmate or twin. Well, it kind of is, but it's more like that's just me. <laughs> I think you're me, man. I've been saying that to people lately. <laughs> Are you me? <laughs> that's, well, when I perceive you, Abby, on there's another you I get to see behind you right now in a hazy. You're working with a bunch of plants or herbs or something. I've been sitting there trying to figure it out. Oh, and see, I actually just did my plants today. I just redid all my house plants. I put them all on a I built a shelf for them. You're still doing it behind you right now. That's what you're doing. You're doing a bunch of plants and herbs. I'm sitting so while you were just chatting with Owen, I'm like, what are you doing? Tell me something I can tell Abby here. And you're back <laughs> just working away at that and you're getting happy. So yeah, you're it's and that's just you can call it another you um, or impression, but that stuff's all there and you can perceive it. Like I just open up in my head and it just shows up. It really that's does. so funny. And it's weird that you're talking about remote viewing because, okay, this is the one thing that I did in a dream recently that I've never done before. It, it just happened to me. It's when I sleep in the spot, <laughs> when I take a nap in that same spot that I did the portal dream. Um, I happened to lay down and I was taking a nap and I woke up and it tripped me out because um, I was dreaming about one of the guys from Weeping Spiders and I dreamt that he was, um, that he was doing like a zoom chat. He was trying to chat with me on zoom. And I was like, I didn't even know we could chat on zoom. How weird. And, um, and then all of a sudden I saw, you know, I saw him on zoom and he had like a red door behind him with all these stickers on it. And, um, I could, his roommate was there and all these weird little things happened. Well, then I wake up and I look, I, I pull up my phone and I'm looking at Instagram and I'm, it was weird because his post was there and he had done this meme dump and every meme had something to do with the dream. So I finally, I've reached out to him because it tripped me out really bad. And, um, 
and I just said, hey, I just dreamt about you. And I, and I explained the Zoom call part. And he's like, well, I was just on a Zoom call. So that's kind of weird. And then he showed me a picture of the door with the red door with the stickers on it in his house. So, I, I mean, while it was real time, I, it was happening while I was sleeping because it was like a 20 minute nap. So I had a remote viewing experience right there in a dream. And that was unintentional. Yeah, that, that definitely happens. You have another you that's a, uh... Uh, you're, you're clearly an energy worker because I can see the frequencies around. You got a lot of that going on. So you do energy work of some kind. Um, and we've never met before this Zoom calls when we're listening either. Um, but the other you is is a healer um, as well. So basically it's like you giving you a, a, another version of yourself, so another Sims character, a heads up, synchronicity moment, aha moment, things like that. So you keep waking up is what, what those type of ones are. Because I can see another, again, another version of yourself behind you. And sometimes when people do the sessions, they go, oh, that's a, you know, passed on grandma or mom or, you know, something else or spirit guide, somebody or other. Um, and there's all those things as well. But often, as long as you have the understanding, it's really another aspect of yourself is what it is. Um, but, you know, you have to kind of work through the terms we all know down here, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have a big animal connection too, by the way. She's back to doing. I don't know what she's doing. A bunch of animals. You got animals, birds, butterflies. So flying ones a lot of. Um, back in the, the, I'll just say loosely, the reality behind you. That's I don't know why it's hiking so much. See, that's how it works for me too. I just kind of. So I know I'm kind of pointing at the screen here, but I point at the little box down here where Abby's in. You know, not that big. Um, <laughs> really small in the monitor, so you can't really see much. But then a whole other reality kind of comes around out to about here. That I just get to see without like tuning any dials, and it's it's usually like in this case you pushing the the impression to me kind of thing, um, which That's is why awesome. I get to see the plants because you know I didn't know you were working with plants before, and it's always just for the show or things like that, um, so people get the messages. But stay open, and you can get all kinds of interesting stuff in dreams, especially bringing a background to dreams. Birds are my my uh, lucid dreaming trigger for me too. By the way, birds are <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah. because I came a crow, I became a crow in one lucid dream, so I'm a crow. But it then also, cool. you know, I've had owls land on my heads and and a lot of eagles. So yeah, flying flying things are. You would you're animals. a carrier like messenger type thing, and that happens too. The whole when I do tune in, so that just because I always like to teach as well or remind people to be honest. The whole ringing in the ears that tonight is like symptoms. Yeah, there's a percentage that it can be the vehicle or the body. But more often than not, that kind of stuff and those subtle energies that they're called is something else coming around you being information or guides or another entity getting in your biofield trying to get your attention. Hmm. Um, it's not that, ooh, the ringing in the left ear means yes or no. It's like, hey, pay attention. Open up your imagination. There's more of the story kind of deal. And as you do those things, um, then it, it hones itself. It comes in for me. It's immediate now, like right on the money for a second. It stops. It's, it's literally like a whole um, Morse code or sign language, but not just ringing subtle energies. I can actually feel, I don't know what to call it now, etheric energies. And that's only been the past year. I reach out and do an energy removal. I even got shocked because I felt the thing one time. I was, I'm like, how the heck am I feeling it with my physical hands? But it's a thing. And I find that out. As long as I stay open, these things, as I jokingly call it, just keep expanding. Yeah, Bill and I have had a lot of experiences too. I don't know, Bill, if you have any comments or. Love to hear. Yeah. 
Oh, um, yeah, we just had, I mean, just that book I brought up earlier, Derek and I were having a talk the other day, and um, this chapter just happened to be about dreams. Like, the synchronicities are just insane. Like, this, my entire journey on 13 <laughs> questions has just been one synchronicity. But uh, speaking of synchros, uh, Gordy is commenting in the chats. We just had Gordy on the show. He's been the latest guest on 13 questions. But uh, he, he had a question in there about dream weapons, which kind of ties into, I don't know if is, I'm going to do this justice or not, because I didn't really say what a dream weapon is. But I have a theory, because we just talked about armoring, right? And so in the Bible, it talks about this armor of God that we put on, and then it talks about this sword of truth. I found this really old Anglican prayer to uh, St. Uriel, the angel, talking about using the sword of truth to pair away everything that's not in conformity with the perfection of God's will. So I was just wondering if there's any, like, as far as dream weapons go, would that just be, or like, would a weapon be like our discernment and like a true, like a sword would be like a good metaphor for that? Or are there actual, like, I don't know, dream weapons that we can conjure up and imagine and use? Like, Well, there's dream tools. I mean, if you right before you go to bed, you can ask yourself what tools you have available to you to use right now. And my my friend Janine told me to do that. And she said, don't just ask, like, what what tools do you have? She said, what astral tools you have? She said, ask what tools that you have that are available to you. And um, so I did that. I asked that right before I went to sleep. I wake up and I'm I'm like expecting something like a drill or something cool. Right. And um it was a sewing needle. And I was like, a needle? Really? A needle? I was like, Thor gets a hammer and I have a sewing needle. And and I just kept hearing this thing, like this voice just kept saying, or it just it I just it made me repeat it over and over again. My my tool is a needle. I'm here to make repairs to the energetic timeline. My tool is a needle. I'm here to make repairs to the energetic timeline. And that's all I kept saying over and over again. So you, that's funny, Abby. I was just going to say, literally just before you said that, I was going to tell you, I don't know if you know, but don't laugh at that needle because you're what they sometimes call in this reality as a grid worker. I yeah, I, I am. Because <laughs> yeah, you are. I know you are because I can see your energies over here. So I can see, let's just say, the frequencies of, of that, somebody who's that understanding. And I know you're doing it because those muscles are strong on you. I'm pointing over you because mm -hmm. I'm kind of floating over here um, and I get to see things because the muscle is called medical intuitive. Um, but the dream weapons, um, I do a lot of stuff in dream states, and I, I deal with a bunch of, we'll just say, bad guys. I don't get in fights, ever. What I found, and I did, I've, I've, I've been there, done that, and let's just, I don't like getting hurt. I don't like taking punches and things. So what I do, again, everybody knows love is the strongest energy. So I armor, and then literally I found that out. Um, I was told during a session, I was getting, they call it, and these bad guys were coming in. So then I was suggested to myself, hey, use love. So then I armored them in a fucking ball of love. What it did was separate the frequencies, and then that entity couldn't interact with us anymore. I didn't need to get in a whole fist fight battle or etheric swords or anything like that. I used my understandings. And then because I realized that time's not a thing and that I had that energy in a container a buckyball of love i moved it out of this reality you can call it skipping out of time things like that and then it shifts out so there's other ways of dealing with 
out of alignment frequencies, you can say negative or evil, and not you guys aren't, but you know, some people use those terms. I'd say out of alignment, and then if you keep it that simple, well, you can work with energies. You don't have to worry about if the guy has four heads and weapons and lasers. No, everything's energy. Well, the other thing I taught my daughter, and she started right away because she had like severe PTSD and she was having nightmares every single night. So, um, and I tried it myself. I just started because nightmares are a good way to trigger a lucid dream. Like all of a sudden you're afraid and then you realize, wait a second, why am I running? And then if you turn around, sometimes the nightmare will just look at you and go like, and it's waiting for you to decide what to do. And, um, and so I love nightmares for that reason. They can trigger lucidity. But uh, what I started doing is asking the nightmare instead, like, what are you trying to teach me? And I don't always get an answer to that. But then I realized I could ask it, are you ready to come back? Because it's a soul fragment. So if if it's chasing me around, it looks shadowy. I know it's usually a piece of me that I've I've compartmentalized somehow. So I say, are you ready to come back? And um I reintegrate in my dreams with sex. So I usually have sex with these shadowy figures and then they're, they're back. But, but I taught my daughter how to do this. And um, so the next time she had a nightmare, which was like a night or two later, she said this guy was chasing her and she was running. And then all of a sudden she realized it was a soul fragment. So she turns around and she looks at it and is waiting for her to do something. And she goes, are you ready to come back? And it looked at her and it goes, are you sure? And she goes, and it, it gave her the thumbs up and it came back and it hugged her. And she had a memory of her dad when it happened. So it was like something she compartmentalized from some trauma with her dad. It was so bizarre. So it really works. It's almost facing your nightmare is actually really awesome. And it's reclaiming your energy. That's that Neo moment I was talking about some time ago. I said, I woke up and basically it was the rooms in the house. There were like vents in the ceilings. Gonna sound weird marbles were pouring in every way filling up the thing and you know you're going to suffocate in marbles somehow um but i woke up in that moment and you know you know neoed it um mm -hmm. i but i want to i made a note here while you were saying that abby um and this what i'm going to get into in a moment called dream revocations has literally changed my life and i didn't think it would because i thought oh come on how much can this really have effect and you may know it um is something else but basically i'll just give you my quick spiel because of course about a third of our, of our life here in this reality, we're asleep and we're out there in dream time about, well, we're out there making energetic contracts and things, whether we remember them or not when we wake up, because most of us can barely remember breakfast yesterday, let alone our dreams last night. So, and I'll tell you, you don't have to, but if you become aware as a conscious entity, which is what we are, we're aware that these things are real. And if you wake up in the morning and when I, here's what I do, and I only speak to myself, my higher self when I'm doing this. No, no gurus on mountaintops, no clubs, just to myself. And I say, I revoke any dream state agreements that I made that were not in alignment with my higher self. That was kind of vague, but all-encompassing. Because, again, I don't have to remember dream one, two, and three. And what I also said was only the ones that were out of alignment with me. So if they were still good, there's going to stay. And if not, not. And by doing that... Life got easier, less stuff happened during the day because there's less attachments with sometimes called karma to get through. Again, all this stuff is entangled, like on that quilt analogy we were all talking about earlier, including dream time. So doing your dream hygiene, just like we talked about etheric hygiene and physical hygiene, these things matter. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can tell you I've woken up recently a few times, you know, just kind of um, distraught, actually. And, and it's really just because I know that it wasn't a dream. I, I don't say it's just a dream <laughs> because they're not. I, I don't even tell my kids that anymore, you know, comforting them. It's not just a dream. There's more to it. So, but I like that idea because I do the same thing with, um, because Don Juan in the Carlos Castaneda stuff, he says that you have the right to revoke consent to any contract you didn't make. And that includes aging because you didn't come here to be old. So you can say, I revoked that my consent to that contract. I didn't make that contract. Oh, I can tell you how to remove years from your life too. I mean, and quickly, They'll tell you, you know, scientists and doctors will tell you it takes every seven years your skin's regenerated. Okay. Brandon? Well, and I know, well, energy workers. So let's say and I used to I used to be a commercial deep sea diver. So I used to dive off oil rigs, a lot of crazy stuff underwater. I used to have a big scar in my hand here from deep sea diving. This stuff happens. Well, if we do energy work, and as long as we're not thinking we're fixing the physical body with our energy work, because you're actually healing the aura, and I would suggest that people not see their their injury as healing with an ing because what you're really doing is then um you're programming your aura for perpetual healing what you would i suggest is imagine the injury already healed that's what we need to do and then you're actually healing your aura so then after and it usually doesn't take seven years but as that skin cells regenerate in my example of an injury or a scar your cells don't see a scar so the scar goes away because those cells after the seven years weren't the same cells that were damaged They've been replaced, but they're forming a scar again because your organ has been scarred. So we need to use our imagination and emotions. Sometimes it's called Reiki energy healing. We use love. Um, And then imagine your aura or injury already healed. And then that's when what they call miracles happen and placebo effect and things like that. It's all energy. Now, don't try to heal. People are often healing. So I've had, I've been, you know, Reiki training, all sorts of energy work training. It's all good stuff. And I've had whole piles of Reiki masters around me flinging the invisible energy, and I'm going to have fun with it. It's all legit and real, even though I'm having fun with it. But what they're often taught is, again, they're imagining that, let's say I have a broken arm. They're imagining the bone mending, the blood going there, and the healing. That's all. Because I can see. I'm actually medical intuitive, too. I can see into the body. I'm like, oh, no. And I didn't know. I just perceived. I'm like, oh, you're programming the energy body, not the physical one, for perpetual healing. So then I just did it myself with that. Oh, no already healed because i read somewhere a little sugar cube called a placebo effect can do miracles well then anybody can as far as i'm concerned and it happens that way it really does and that's why i do remote sessions as well with different people i'll tell you they sure feel it um and there's no gimmicks involved they're usually on other sides of the planet that's crazy abby uh you've helped a lot of people with their dreams and Lucid dreams. Bill was just uh, sharing that story up top about his lucid dream was a fucking nightmare, which is terrible, buddy. I, I hate that for you. Uh, but uh, assuming some something like that happens again, how would you maybe advise him or other people who are having similar experience to be able to get control over that uh, when it's happening in the, in the heat of the moment? Well, since he was able to actually realize he was dreaming and he knew it was a nightmare instead of trying to find scenarios where you run away that usually is um what i call a soul fragment so it's something it's a trauma pretty much from a trauma you you took a piece of yourself and you compartmentalized it um and we all do it 
it's just what we do to keep ourselves sane. So if it happens again, <clears throat> instead of running or trying to find like make extra long hallways and yeah. stuff, it's your feet are getting stuck because it wants to come back. So just turn around and ask it, are you ready to come back? And sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. Cause I had one that was like a dog shadowy person. And I, I tried to get it to come back and it, it told me it just wanted to bite my face off. So I opened up the wall and said, dogs belong outside. So, so I have a dog shadow, you know, soul fragment out there somewhere that's not <laughs> reintegrated, but, but, you know, if you just keep that in mind, you'll do it next time. You, you'll, you might not even be lucid and you'll do it. Yeah. I, I'm horrible dreamer. I hard, I never remember them. Uh, I've had that one lucid dream, maybe another one, um, but w one other one besides that. But what I have had kind of luck with recently are binaural beats. Uh, I had the pleasure of having Tom Campbell on the show not too long ago, and he worked with Robert Monroe in the Monroe Institute, and he remastered the binaural beats. And I, I found I've only gone, he's got like oh, 10 tracks or so, and I've gone through maybe three of them. And I've had similar like dreamlike experiences while using them they're each each track is about an hour long so you kind of get in this weird altered state um, but i wonder if there is if that's um tied into the dream state at all because it seems like we're all accessing these um because the, the experiences that i'm that i'm having with the, the beats are like like having lucid dreams i'll reach the point of lucidity i'll re realize what's happening and then like it'll change. The scene will change real quick. You're like liminal, right? You're in that liminal space where you're actually having like almost where you're aware of your body and you're awake, but you're, and you know, at, that's actually one of the gates of dreaming. So when you're laying down and, and it happens, you know, it, you'll start to notice it happening sometimes as you're falling asleep, you're not asleep, but you're all of a sudden dreaming while you're awake. And, um, uh, Robert Moss, I think is his name. He he wrote a book called Dreaming the Soul Back Home. And he uses shamanic drum beats to re you can use um you can re-enter a dream. So uh, nightmares or any dreams where your body where you keep going back. Like for for two years or more, I kept dreaming of my childhood home. And I thought that was just because I was born in that house and had history there. But come to find out I had soul fragments there I had to retrieve so I could leave the house. And um, and I used his method with um, it's dream reentry, you know, shamanic dream reentry, and he calls it a portal. You just use an old dream, and the sensory um, perception of that while you're listening to these drum beats, and it helps you to reenter, and you can go back in to to the dream essentially while you're awake, but um, you're dropping your brain waves down. And I just went room to room, and I found it, and it wasn't what I expected. I expected it to be like um something from early childhood with my mom or something. And it, it was, it wasn't, it was like an adult thing. And I had to do some Ho'oponopono, you know, some forgiveness of myself. So, but it was pretty powerful. I brought it back and, and it was good. So, but yeah, it's, it's very similar because that is a dream. That is the dream state, the, that liminal space. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be doing a lot more experimenting with those tracks. They're super cheap, by the way, for anybody that's listening. I think you can get them for like 35 bucks off of Tom's website if anybody wants to experiment with that themselves. Yeah, so 
Abby, do you mind kind of talking about the two different stuff? Because like Abby has these integrative experiences in her dreams. Not everybody operates that way. There's kind of like two sort of uh, trajectories in Castaneda's model. Would you mind talking a little bit about? I think me and Bill might be because like me and VA and the and the Telegram chat, you know, have a lot of commonality. We have difficulty remembering our dreams and uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, we do Dreamers get glimpses. and stalkers. Is that what yeah. we're talking about? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's the weirdest terminology ever. But yeah, if you, if you wouldn't mind laying that out a little bit, I'd love to. So. Every magician, and if you're one of us, you're technically a sorcerer or a magician, you know, by by their definition. Um, but each of us is either is usually naturally gifted as a dreamer or a stalker. <clears throat> and um, dreamer obviously implies dreaming and the art of dreaming, but it's usually not. It's usually more lucid dreaming. Um, it helps you to perceive and perfect your energy body. But the other thing is the art of stalking. And stalking sounds bad, but is literally being able to be, it's, it's more like, um, it's more like acting except that you can become it. Like you can become the darkness. You can, you don't just like sit in the dark and everything and, and act like you're a ninja. You actually are the dark, you know, you, you learn these little nuanced things and, um, and both lead you you end up having to develop both at some point. Um, but I don't know. Stalking is, it's so hard to explain in just so a short segment, but. Become the night. I, yeah, I guess like, uh, I think what I maybe want to draw some attention to is there's just a lot of different ways to integrate, right? Like uh, some of us do it through dreams and other people, they're talking about shamanic drumming in the chat. Shamanic uh, stuff is great. I, I worked with a shaman myself for a while and, uh, but I, but I, you know, I've had a lot of different experiences, even very concrete, real dense 3d experiences that were integrative experiences. And, um, I, I think the dreams are awesome and there's also just other, uh, other things going on. Uh, and, uh, and I guess it's all unique to us too anyway, right? Like we're all having these crazy, uh, experiences or whatever, but yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. That he calls it that it sounds so it sounds bad in our language. <laughs> it does. Cause you know, stalking has such a negative connotation and it's not what it's about. It's, um, it's hard to explain the magical applications because I don't know, I guess because I resonate more as the dreamer. So I'd listen to all the stalking stuff cause it's so fascinating and I can probably talk a lot about it, but, but I think to somebody who's more, in the line of a soccer, you'd understand it more <laughs> because I'm definitely the dreamer. So does the stalker like resonate then with the, the thing that's being dreamed about and then they'd be kind of like their consciousness is merged. Whereas like lucidity is like, you're still separate from it in some way. And like, you're, you're able to interact with it outside of yourself. Is that, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, well, with what you're saying, it just kind of reminds me of the, the awareness point. And I think that's just kind of the point that we're all supposed to be at, you know, where we're, I see myself and I see reality. That's what, you know, transurfing concept, but it's well, but it's all borrowed from Castaneda. So it's just keeping your attention focused on what he calls the inner screen. So your thoughts and everything. And then also 
your attention on everything around you. So it's, you're, I'm not just my thoughts and I'm not just everything I'm perceiving with my five senses. I can pay attention to both pretty clearly at the same time. And when you keep your attention there, um, it, well, that's kind of how you wake up in a dream, right? But it's also how you wake up in reality. So when you're awake in reality, um, you have a tendency, um, you don't you don't need the dream work. You can actually bypass that just by becoming what you need to become in the moment, I guess. That's what a stalker would be then. Mm -hmm. So they can accomplish that outside of the dream state. Mm -hmm. We can always do outside the dream state then, right? Yeah, I agree. It's interesting that you mentioned stalking though, because the another one of the uh, studies that talked about that um, this guy in, in the field, William Browder was uh, about staring, right? And the, the author kind of made a quip about it being like a stalker's paradise, or whatever. But the, the study was um, whether you could detect being stared at or not, right? So the participants, that were being stared at were in it. Of course, everybody's in separate rooms and all these studies and they're all like double blind. Nobody really knows what's going on. It's really very scientific and like, not that, okay. It, people do know what's going on, but the participants are, are, you know, kept in the dark as much as possible to prevent any, you know, um, human, human errors. Right. So we're looking for raw data here, but the, um, the, the people that were, being stared at through a, a camera, essentially, they would register their um, physiological changes. So they were using like kind of like a, a, tele, a lie detector machine uh, to detect the changes in, in our, our elect electricity signals in our skin and then our heart rate and, and, and some other machines. But uh, the uh, interesting thing was that the, the person being stared at was uh, registering these changes in their body, but they weren't aware, they didn't know like when they were being stared at, right? So they weren't conscious of it. Or they weren't aware of it, but their body was conscious of it, right? So that was, that was interesting, but was even more interesting, the second step to this study was when the two participants uh, met beforehand and they would actually stare into each other's eyes and make this sympathetic connection, right? Kind of like being... Uh, hypnotized, right? So when they went in their separate rooms and they did the experiment, the people's physiological responses were much more relaxed and at ease and calm and like a more of a meditative state when they were being looked at. So when they were being stared at, they were more relaxed than when they were not being stared at. How weird. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like being isolated and alone, though. So that's why they weren't comfortable. But what's weird about that, so to kind of like weave it back around, is that one of the practices in stalking is gazing. So um, I realize you're talking about cameras and stuff, but stalkers practice gazing. You can do it for hours where you take like a natural thing. So you could take a leaf or a plant, a plant or a rock, um, just about anything. And you just gaze at it. It's, it's, what they call the not doing. So not doing is you're not doing anything. You're not even thinking, you know, you're just, you're just there. And, um, but if you try too hard, then you're doing, but while you're not doing and you're gazing, it'll unlock its mysteries and magic to you. So it's one of the, one of the things of stalking. Is there, is there a book that 
references this? Or like, uh, there's maybe, a whole bunch like, of one on one introduction. <laughs> I okay. I recommend skipping the first two. Like you can go back to them, but I'm glad I didn't skip them. But the first two are kind of more about um like in, his initiation into the world of sorcery, and that included a ton of psychedelics because he was a person who couldn't get past his own rationality. So they had to, you know, make him believe and to stop rationalizing everything. They had to open his cosmography chart by by bombarding him with peyote and um, and this Mexican mushroom and datura. So he did a ton of psychedelics in order to get there. So that's the first couple of books. The first one is more like his dissertation, but it's about psychedelics and his experiences. Second one is a lot of the same, but I would start with Journey to Eastland by Carlos Castaneda. That's the third one, and it does cover some of the stuff in the first book, but they're so good, and most of the audiobooks are on um, on YouTube, so. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Cheney's in the chat. We got Wake my up. We got, we, we got one of the, we got throwing it up uh, old school. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I <laughs> uh, didn't summon anybody, but I did want to uh, throw a link in here. And if because I know some of the people maybe from the dream group are 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 hanging out. And if you guys want to hop on and talk about some of your experiences or share anything or ask questions or any of that kind of stuff. I, I think we could, ha you know, have a couple of people pop in. Let me just um, get a, a link for you guys and I'll throw it in the live chat. If anybody wants to hop in, um, you'd be welcome to, obviously it's nothing, nothing's required, but uh, StreamYard. So if you can do that, um, I don't know, like I tried to get Gordy on here. One of the other times we were streaming and I think he was like out in the desert or something and StreamYard. I don't know. Maybe it was funky or something, but just I'm going to drop a link in the chat if you want to hop in and talk to us. Uh, we've mostly been talking about lucid dreaming, dreaming. Um, talked a little bit about Castaneda and the two sort of approaches to what would it be sorcery, I guess. Um, you know, and and we have, uh, yeah, had had some really just amazing truth bombs dropped by Derek and talking about understanding the sort of tapestry of reality and how everything is woven together, uh, which is really cool, man. I love the way that you described uh, things coming from our heart and the soccer ball around us. Uh, that's such a great, simple visual that I think anybody can see. Um, one of, one of the big kind of aha moments I had was reading the book uh, by Eileen Day McCusick, electric body, electric health. Uh, she talks about how the mind, the mind is not in the body, the body's in the mind. She's talking about the biofield. That whole book is about being electrical and the biofield. And she uses tuning forks to, um, you know, to help people to help, I guess, restructure their biofields um, because it's all electromagnetism is what she talks about in the book. It's a pretty interesting book kind of tied the room together for me to think about energy as electricity. I wonder if you have any thoughts about that, Derek. See, I've got some tuning forks right here next to me, some glass ones, and I won't, I won't hit it right now because they can reverberate pretty good. That's pretty um, cool. 
Yeah, what they'll do is think they'll they'll the, when you hit the fork, it'll reverberate or tune within a certain frequency range. So there's different forks for different reasons. Some are associated with chakras. What you're really doing is it's a good way of removing build up excess energies from that region. So you're like kind of overpowering them with the forks when you hit it and get it in there. And you don't have technically even have to have a tuning fork. You could write the frequency on a piece of paper, put it, hold it in your biofield. It'll have the same effect. Um, and then actually, as you were just saying, Owen, about the soccer ball <clears throat> and effects. And then we were talking about what's, uh, I forget the, the term that you guys were using, but it's called scrying as well. So when you look in the, and I actually have a, I don't know, 18 inch diameter crystal ball out there on the floor that we let people see. Um, and I don't read it as a reading. You can though, I'll tell you, because what it does, there's a lot of fractures and, and rainbows frequency available in there. So if you kind of focus on something like that or a black mirror, something like that, and that doesn't mean negative. Um, and I actually make, um, they're here off camera, but little, coasters out of bamboo with resin and it has shungite powder and pure silver particles so when all is said and done you have a small reflective black mirror that you can gaze into it's called scrying in some circles basically you just open up your imagination level and things will can can come in that way um, and there's lots of you can you can stare at the bathroom floor you can stare at water and like abby was saying a rock a leaf it's really you just kind of shutting down your visual perception levels and kind of going vague and tuning in metaphysically. And in those frequencies, that's the good stuff. And that's where you can get open communication. And then if you're, what I was actually getting at one is if you want to do those things, like the study um, Bill was talking about where somebody's in a different room, well, we've all had done that. We've all thought about our grandma, brother, sister, friend, and all of a sudden they called us for this, that, the other reason. The scientists can say it's quantum entanglement again where we're all connected, all you do to tune that frequency is think about the person. And that's literally it. And then if you really want to heighten your antenna or transmission levels, well, then you wake up in your consciousness. Remember that container, soccer ball of love, just come at it from that state. And then you can really kick up this stuff. And that actually ties in, I'll end here real quickly, but that's why sometimes I'll recommend salt baths for people or earthing or grounding. And it's not about, Ooh, checking off a psychic checklist that you took your salt bath and you meditated 10 minutes. It's about doing your manifesting while you're in that high energy environment. So yeah, I'm saying put your butt in a salt bath, but don't just sit there. Imagine things, imagine yourself already healed or go outside, go hug that tree. Same thing. The organ flow is going, use your imagination with your containers and you're really going to have an effect in the 90% called the metaphysical. Man, that's good. That's awesome. Uh, it looks like uh, our friend Gordy uh, was able to hop in. I'm going to see if uh, we can get him in here. What's Hello. up, dude? Hey, there he is. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm walking the desert, and I was passing a store, so I, I was a little, uh, let me walk around, where you probably won't see me again, but we can talk. Um, so I just want to, jump on and say how badass Abby is at this dream thing, at least being open to talking about it because, <clears throat> you know, um, looking at these things and having to, to keep a dream journal first as a, a therapy exercise and um, using that 
to like really kind of like get a get a book of symbology, you know, um, and try some shit out, you know, share those dreams because you could be having to work some shit out and hearing it through different ears has a different uh, take sometimes. Like there were some things that I saw that Abby were, was like, hey, do you think it's it's this? And it and it sure as hell was, I mean, in a dramatic way, it was a, a Toltec sorcerer kind of thing. Because uh, I was having these dreams about uh, dogmen, right? <clears throat> and this Toltec warrior that was turning in, in and out of the dog, he was a shapeshifter. And uh, it, I, I kept thinking they looked like Anubis, right? But the Anubis, I mean, they're not from around here, first of all. But there is this weird-ass um, hairless dog that looks, if it stands on two legs, it looks just like Anubis. So I was thinking it was Egyptian, but it's not. It's Toltec. And I think that, so at the end of this dream, where you guys are talking about, about, um, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, like going in and out of the real, like not knowing uh, what is the real and what is the dream kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, like that, that warrior was, it was real to me. You know, I, I woke up on my bed and he turned and he was right in front of me. And he was in a defensive posture. And um, it was a stone knife, right? And after looking at like what Toltec warriors wore and th that kind of thing, I'm like, why would it be here? You know, I'm thinking... Like, it, it was true, clearly Toltec, but why would it be from, like, why would I be feeling it here? But uh, they had a trade route going all the way up and down from from Arizona down to Teotihuacan. And, um, like, the, these spirits are, are genuinely talking to us, like, trying to get our attentions. I truly believe that because I there's this weird, um, I don't know, blending of the veil right now where like the animals are talking to us if we're open. And all you need to do is really try easy. You just like set yourself kind of aside and let it happen. And like miraculous things can happen. But yeah, like breathing in light and with that healing intention to specific areas, you can heal yourself pretty much I, most things, I'd say. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I've learned so much from the ideas, even if I don't dream that as often. I have. I have had some very profound ones, you know, being... Um, just getting into the habit of trying to remember writing them down. Like you're saying, like, that's the best place to start. If, if you're, you know, new to it, just start writing stuff down, anything you remember, any place you remember, cause you can start creating a map. And then once you, you know, have those things pinned down, then those are, those will help you as you 
start to put the pieces together. It's like a, it's like a puzzle and you don't, <laughs> and I think there's just layers and layers to how asleep or awake we are. Like you're saying, like the animals are talking to us, who even knows what you, we just don't perceive it. It's like thinking about before now and how, like, how did I not see this? So many real realizations or revelations or whatever, like, like you say, the veil, like, it, and there's shit coming out every day. <laughs> Do you feel like, yeah, do you feel like it's almost like, are you kidding me? Like reality, I feel like reality is totally crumbling because you just see these things happening. You're like, there's, there's just no way. Like, how stupid does everybody think we are? And it's like, I don't know. You're hearing a lot more of the NPC type names, I feel like. And I don't know, just weird stuff. I, I guess now that I'm aware of wordplay and I listen to it when I'm like doing dream recall, I hear it in reality now. I'm like, this is a joke. These are all puns. What's going on here? Okay, that's interesting. You see in words, right? You see words in your dreams. I I don't see words. I see symbols. It's it's both. It's when I'm writing stuff down that like because I'll have symbols too. Don't get me wrong. I definitely have symbols. But um, one of my dreams actually a bird was in my dream. It was a blue jay and on its chest, it had Scrabble letters. And then the next night I dreamt that I was playing Scrabble with my ex-husband and, um, and my friend Janine actually pointed out to me, do you realize you had Scrabble twice? It's telling you to listen to the wordplay. And it was like, Oh wow. wow so now cool. when I listen to, when I, if, especially a name, if there's a weird name that comes up, I'll chew on the name when I'm, when I'm, saying it out loud or, or even the, an object, you know, I think of different ways that you could use the word, you know, because, you know, English is weird. We could use the same word and it can mean like 20 different things. So you have to think about, about all of that when you're interpreting, because your subconscious is going to use whatever the symbol is to you. And I think I'm probably am more of a word person because I was an English teacher. So it makes sense. So yeah, I have a lot of puns. My my subconscious is funny. It's punny. <laughs> punny. Yeah, I'm gonna bring uh I'm gonna bring my friend Jen in. Here we go. What's up? Can you hear us? Hi, Hi Jen. Yeah, I can hear you. Hi right. Jen. So um when my I don't ever since I've been kind of healing, I've been having these really, really profound dreams. To where, like, even now, over the last six years, I can remember almost every single detail. Um, and they, they all meant something really significant to what I was going through at the time, but I couldn't put into words. Um, and so they've all been really, really helpful. The whole lucid dreaming thing is a... That's a totally uh, new concept for me to even think about that I'm aware. My husband, he's he's good at it. He know he's he can do that. I cannot seem to grasp the concept, although I know you know my guides are teaching me through those dreams, even just over the weekend. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, my uh, friend who passed away, who I know, um, I know 
now looking back that she she knew what was up um she sat down on the floor with me we both sat down indian style um she was serving me and my family and she looked good she had pa she passed away had ha of an od um but she looked healthy she was waiting on us and i was like you're alive why are you alive and she's like well i faked my death to get away from you and when i dug all the things in the last few months have been telling me my alliance, my my masculine, my feminine is out, was out of balance. She was telling me that my masculine energy was out of balance, and I needed to do something about it quickly. And so I did a, a um, hopo ono pono session. Man, that helped a lot. But I have to. Um, I know my dream is telling me something when I remember it. But in some circles, like they say, all your dreams are talking to you. But I don't remember all of them. I feel like, you know, maybe I, I'm being in the dream or something, you know? I feel like sometimes their their dreams are so multi-layered, just like anything else. I mean, sometimes it's it's a memory palace and we're storing our memories, like they say. But it's collective storage. It's like the cloud. We're all storing our stuff there. So your memories are stored there, but so are mine. And it's the same place. Um, but sometimes we're defragging just like a computer. And I don't know if you know what I mean. The defragging dreams where you're like, um, I can't make sense of any of it. There was a bunk bed and then um, like cave and it's just all these random things. A banana on a shelf next to the lamp and none of it really makes sense. I feel like it's just your brain has to defrag sometimes. Um, and then there is, you know, there are healing dreams. There are dreams where you're actually in somebody else's film role and you're experiencing their life, you know, or more, one of your other lives, you know, they're concurrent. Um, there's, there's so many different things, but I don't, Okay. I used to write every dream down and I learned so much in doing that. And that's where I would find the big patterns and what my psyche was trying to tell me a lot of the time. But um, I don't know. I go in and out of with doing it. So I would say if, it, if you're remembering them and they're that significant, then they are obviously telling you something for sure. They, I mean, they have lined up with whatever, whatever I'm going through at the moment or whatever, you know, I'm trying to figure out my waking life, but I keep hitting you know, like a wall or, you know, again, I'm not able to um, put it into words. Uh, words are so hard here. <laughs> and so, um, but how, I, I guess what I was curious, because how in the world do you know in the dream that you're dreaming and make them out of it? I can figure it out later, but when you're, in the dream so is it uh derek because you you um you make a like a clear statement you know is that is that the you know before i go to bed and then you know just kind of after like i i can give you a you tip know, on that sure um that is what you do so set your intention basically is what you're doing with that and then to 
hold your intention, that energy thought form a little more cohesive is that container. But I'll tell you, I'll also tell you another trick we can do. Um, so here in 3D, if we want to, again, wake up in our dreams, what I would suggest is getting a, a little marker, putting a little spot on your hand or put a new bracelet on or a ring, something different. And then here's what you do in your 3D life when you're walking around, every time you notice that thing out of take a second out of your day, try and fly, try and do something magic that you can't do. And what I'm saying is eventually that little mark your dot you put on your hand or that new bracelet or rubber band you put around your wrist and you snapped it, you're going to do that. It'll appear in your dream. And then all of a sudden that thing's going to fly. And I'll say when I first did that and I snapped a little rubber band, all of a sudden I go, okay. And then in 3D after doing it, who knows how many times I woke up in my dream doing it. And that's again, when I tested reality and I was awakened. So there's lots of ways of doing that, but there are little reminders that you can use. So do that in, in waking life? Yeah. yeah, good waking life. Yeah, exactly. And, and Adam probably has some more input on that, but that is something you can do. So what he's essentially saying is do reality checks. And do you know what that means? Okay. Like you need to ask yourself 10 times a day minimum, am I awake or am I asleep? Or am I dreaming? And the hand thing, like he's saying, the hands are, are the best thing because you almost always see your hands in a dream. And in fact, I had a lucid dream just a couple of nights ago, and it was because I was washing dishes and I saw my hands and I woke up in the dream. So, um, so I like the idea of putting a dot or something new on your hands, though, so that way it like triggers you to do it. I do a lot when I'm driving and I look at my hands. Um, but and I a will, fingernail different or something like that. You know, one fingernail, a little different color, whatever, something that catches your attention. But you do have to wake up in the moment and test your reality, like you were saying, Abby. And then all of a sudden you're going to go, oh, I did just fly. And then you may wake up, but then it'll get easier the next time as well. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would, uh, you could like try to stick your fingers through your hands or yeah. Anything, anything, like see if you can float while you're looking at your hands and it'll help. And that's, and so then when I'm lucid now, I sometimes I'll look at my hands just to stabilize the dream to remember that I'm dreaming so I don't go back to sleep in the dream. So some people think it's silly to do that. But for me, if I can just keep my hands up right here and I can stay lucid for the entire time I'm dreaming and, and be aware that I'm dreaming the whole time, it's totally worth doing. <laughs> so, okay. Is, uh, um, so like just to practice, do um, like lucid dream meditations help? They might. Really what what worked for me was um, reading reading Reality Transurfing. And he said, ask yourself 10 times a day. If you have a grandfather clock or something in your house that chimes on the hour, you could do that. But he said, don't do it with a phone ringing because usually a phone ringing at night while you're sleeping isn't going to happen. But um, setting the intention before bed, just like Derek said, but I, if I hear a train, I ask myself if I'm awake or if I'm asleep. If I see change, which I see it a lot um, in dreams, like coins, um, I ask myself if I'm awake or dreaming. Eagles have become another thing. So if I see an eagle statue or something, because eagles have stumped me a lot in my dreams, they'll land on me and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I dreaming? I'm like, no, this is totally happening. There's an eagle on my arm. I'm awake. So I... I try to use eagles as a lucid dreaming trigger, but they tend to, I always think they're real in a dream. <laughs> if you've never seen the movie waking life, check it out. Cause there's a bunch of good, 
insights in that movie um, about lucid dreaming. Like some people can turn the light switch on and off in a room and in a dream, the lighting won't change. You know, that's one thing. Look at a clock. That's one um, clocks tend to not be correct. There's something weird about clocks. For me, it was trying to read stuff. It was like, it would read different, but I can read in my dreams now that it's crazy. Um, but, and then, and then often too, like, I'll be like on like 40 feet in the air, just in a tree, like way high and just think it's normal. But I think the more you ask yourself, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? The more you're likely you are to, while you're asleep, ask that question and that can help you. Uh, but I, I, I highly recommend that movie to anybody who's new to it or wants to, you know, just, it's a, it's a great way to just pick up some information. It's a trippy as hell movie. <laughs> it's a, it's a good watch. <clears throat> Shannon in the chat says, does that change your dream focusing on your hands or um, is the dream the same just with awareness of the hands of you? Um, the second you wake up in a dream, everything changes. Um, you, you're in the storyline, you're in the thick of it and you're asleep in the dream. Just like in reality, we do it all the time. We're just, we're just following the film role, right? We're just characters on a film until we have our awareness. The second you wake up in a dream, it's like everything just kind of, and then they look at you, all the dream characters, the mannequins in the dream, look at you and they're waiting for you to respond. So what are we going to do? And sometimes like one time, my first lucid dream, I was going up a staircase and the lucid dream was triggered because I recognized the staircase and I recognized the light fixture. And it was a nightmare. Somebody was chasing me. But all of a sudden I was like, hey, I've been here before. Oh, I'm dreaming. And so I looked down the staircase at the guy that was chasing me and he just his eyes got really wide and he waited for me to say something. And I just said, hey. I need a red dress. I'm going to Vegas and I need some red heels to match it. And all of a sudden I was in my red dress with red heels and I walked downstairs and I was on a gaming floor. So it, but I've also had lucid dreams where I was like, Oh, well, this is kind of fun. I'm going to just going to, you guys continue, but I'm going to float. I'm going to float. I'm going to fly instead of walk. So it, it waits for you to decide. It doesn't always let you completely control a dream, but it lets you experiment and the whole fun of lucid dreaming is experimenting you can walk through oh rachel from the dream group she dreamt that i was teaching her in the dream space to walk through walls so i thought that was so awesome I was probably like, fucking i think i probably were. actually did <laughs> that was were. one of my first experiments so yeah, dude. <laughs> no the cool thing about lucid dreaming is it's like it's a play it's kind of like a, a playground for trying stuff out like abby's saying you know like you can really learn to use intention right like intention right. is a very real thing and then what a great way to be able to just do it with no consequences whatever you want you know getting into that it's i think it's kind of like derek was talking earlier about oversoul you, you know your higher self like when 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 you can figure out how to tap into pure intention awareness and your heart and mind are in a, alignment and you probably are snapping into that a higher version of yourself a you know more aware uh, more conscious version and like abby's talking about like people just you're in control of the whole dream and so you know if you can figure out uh that sort of muscle that intention muscle then you can use dreaming as 
as some weightlifting for that with consequence free, you know? So it's, that's one of the perks of it. And it's like almost instant manifestation. So it's really, it really is good practice because you're seeing how it works, you know, um, like a wall and a dream was solid. I tried to stick my arm through the wall one of the first times and I, I, it knocked and everything and I could feel it on my hand. And, um, I realized, oh, okay. So it takes a little bit more than just saying, I'm going to put my hand through the wall just because I'm dreaming. So for me, like some people can't close their eyes and maintain their lucidity, but I did it. I closed my eyes. And I was like, okay, I'm putting my hand through the wall and then boom. And then it felt like jello. It was the weirdest thing. So, and it worked, but, but for me, I, I, a lot of the time I have to close my eyes. So I'm thinking, how does that transfer to reality? Maybe that means I have to close off my senses and do a meditation or something for me to be better at intending and manifestation. Yeah, I think that's, you're right. It's the trainer It's the great trainer <clears throat> where we can manifest stuff in our dreams. Like it, uh, like I started doing this thing where, um, I'm like manifesting chi out of my hands. To me, it looks like green. Um, if you've ever seen a Kirby crackle, um, what that looks like, it's a, it's a art style that may, that's made of dots. But um, in my dreams, I've kind of trained myself to visualize this Kirby crackle from my hands. And I did the, I, Fucking comic books were a great trainer, man, because I uh, wanted to emulate those guys. And the only place you could do it is in your dreams. But once you start to. Uh, so in high school, there was an Omni magazine and it was like 86, 87. And they had a whole thing on lucid dreaming and, and the uh, Stanford study, one of the Stanford studies on dreaming, on lucid dreaming. And they talked to. um Who's the guy? Ingo Swan. Anyway, um, they were talking about lucid dreaming and and how close it is to um, remote viewing. And it's, I mean, essentially, it's kind of the same thing. But once you kind of get that that down, that intention down, you can you can translate that stuff into real life. You know the. Once you start uh, living there a little bit, the lines get, can get a little blurred. So, I mean, there is a, a caution in that, but uh, I think you can, you know, you can do some powerful fucking things. You really can. It's, um, I don't know, like, I got to the point, I actually kind of took my lucid dreaming offline for a while because I got to the point where I decided to see what was behind the dream. I had a really, really long lucid dream and it was really stable. And I asked to talk to a, so it's funny because Derek brought this up earlier, uh, sort of. Um, I was like, oh, I want to talk to us an ascended master. And it wouldn't let me talk to anybody. It was like, no, nope, you don't need that. <laughs> so, And then um, I tried to meditate. Somebody's like, try meditating in a dream. And I could not do that in a dream. Um, so I finally just said, well, I want to see what's behind. I asked to listen to my feeling tone and I heard that it was high pitched. And then I asked to see behind the dream. And all of a sudden I was just floating in the air and the sky kind of was, it was just blue and cloudy a little bit. And I just saw this blue light and that was it. That was like, 
after that, I didn't lucid dream for a really long time. And I think like my higher self was kind of freaked out because, <laughs> because the dream yeah, didn't know what to happens. make of it all. <laughs> it happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. How cool. So you got to the uh, edge of the Truman show. Yeah. I got to the end of the dream. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I have some input too. When you were talking about that, that dr the nightmare of the going up the staircase and then you waking up in the moment changing it. Mm -hmm. Often I get, when I do my sessions with different clients, they'll tell me about their dreams. They hadn't want me to dream, interpret them and I'll just perceive them. So then I get to chat with what we can loosely call their spirit guides. And I know that entails a lot and deep into the pool stuff, but there are other entities around us and I can chat with them. So what I've learned um, was often it's kind of think of sandbox. So back to the gamer analogy, a sandbox, a place you can go and do different things. Of course, um, they'll put on plays in our dreams and often our guides will take the role of somebody else to get us to go through that scenario again, just to wake up in the moment and have that aha moment and or Neo matrix moment I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have none of that. And then in that understanding and empowerment, is that when you actually wake up and then you can take charge? At least that's how I've done it. And then again, chatting with clients, and I'm like, oh, because I'll, I'll let me listen to the, the the human aspect in front of me, the person, and then I'll chat, and I get to then perceive their guides, and they'll say, oh, I was, and they're just getting some spiel with me about I was playing that role so that they could, you know, experience it a different way. And then I didn't know. I woke up in the moment too. I'm like, oh, you little tricksters! I see what's going on, and you know, and I didn't have psychic manual five, whatever that is, to go and read. I just kind of jumped at the deep end of the pool. But that does happen at times, too. Psychic Manual 5, I like it. You, you just have to, I mean, wow. You kind of just thrown into it, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I got I, I got lots of stories in that one. But it, it, we're all intuitives, and it does run in my family kind of thing. But I come at it from a background of not having been preloaded with religions, understandings, this, that, and the other. So I just kind of go in experience and then, I, I find out, oh, somebody's described it similar, a different way. So it's, oh, it's I, I feel like uh, the religion has, has boosted me. Like, I have a different understanding now. Like, mm -hmm. I think uh, Bootsy and I kind of grew up in these, you know, strict religious backgrounds. So we kind of have, like, a, this different bent that I think um, being open now, I think, gives it – gives what I thought my faith was more power. Um, I don't know how to, to describe that other than being in it was toxic, but outside of it, like I can see a beauty to it now, you know? Dude, it's so like, funny that you say that. I, I've had a very similar experience over the past and talk about integrating, right? Like, I mean, right. yeah, that, that was very traumatic as a child, you know, to be told all this stuff that's, fucking not true you know and tell and and just bad ideas about yourself like just really insane but coming back to it i can see beauty in it in the imagery and in in a lot of the ideas and the experiences that the people were having and uh, documenting in the texts so um right. yeah i mean it's funny that you say that because I, I mean I guess you kind of got a couple different, it's cool that it's really cool too, Derek, that you get like sort of the pure, you know, like the, the pure, the pure toothpaste, you know, and we have this like container or filter or whatever to kind of categorize it. So that might, 
it's 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 just interesting um but it's been very healing to kind of come back to some of this stuff there's a lot of wisdom yeah. in, in religion you know like certainly i think everything is sort of leading to the same thing ultimately right like it's all trying to understand god i think for the most part at least right it's possible that some religions are subversive uh by design i don't know but um <clears throat> i think that's the that's certainly the attitude of the user right and so um to have a little bit of a model and to not feel i guess like to not have like that negative reaction to it has right. made a huge difference and that's only something that i've really been able to do recently i i, I don't know you I, yeah i mean how do you feel about it abby because like i think we're kind of on the same page about a lot of the religious programming stuff you know i actually really envy you derek <laughs> i've always kind of envied people that like came with a clean slate i'm like yeah that's rad because i came at it from a whole different perspective okay like um so christianity wasn't i mean it was the religion in our house ish my mom read this book called the urantia book it was not the bible so then it was like don't tell anybody about it because if anybody knows, you know, but it's the truth. So it was like the secret hidden truth that nobody was allowed to know that we were actually, we believed this and not the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible wasn't right. And then, you know, going to the church that my mom wouldn't go to and, you know, all the programming there. Um, religion got me through nine years of marriage to a narcissist. But at the same time, it also kept me there. So um, I'm like, I don't know. I really didn't think I could lose that because I, you know, would spend so much time reading my Bible. That's, that's what literally helped me get through it. Um, but reality transurfing taught me about pendulums and I started hearing it when I go to church, I'd hear people, you know, basically blame all the bad stuff in their life on the devil. And I'm just going, this is you putting too much importance on stuff. That's you. You're doing that. Um, this is you, you know, I just started realizing how much we're blaming on other things and other entities. And it's really our own selves doing it. And, um, people, I don't know. I felt like Christianity always, it made me feel at peace, but then it made me super fearful as well because, okay, my soul is good, but now I got to worry about my kids. Now I got to worry about my parents and sisters and brothers and neighbors and every person like because they're all going to go to hell if I don't save them or if they're not saved, you know, not necessarily me saving them. But but there's always that fear. So it didn't actually give me peace. It actually like destroyed my peace. And um, I don't know. I think I really pretty much found it just through the law of one, just realizing that God yeah. isn't separate. I don't need an intercessor that I am God and that you are God and that, you know, um, that everything, even the bad stuff is catalyst for our growth. It's here to serve, to serve the one, to serve us all. You might not like the sound of that, but really you never grow and you don't ha experience all the good things without the bad stuff that's happened to you. Yep. There's a beauty in that, isn't it? It's that hindsight thing. It's like, oh, that was the hardest thing I ever went through. I'd never want to do that again. But if that didn't but, happen. Right. If the bad shit didn't happen, we wouldn't know any of the good shit. 
Yeah. So it's the the whole thing of the toroids always going the opposite directions. We have to accept both of them. Yep. It's that great. Uh, I was talking about this with somebody today. That center, the gray spot. We always want to see things in white and black, but it's. I was going to comment on that too. When you mentioned Abby, um, I kind of see the different. I'll just group them together as books of understandings and kind of Lucy call them cookbooks. Yeah. So, okay. Who says you have to follow the recipe word for word? There's lots of suggestions in there. Lots of cookbooks out there. And when I was told, I'll tell you, Abby, about that cookbook called the Urantia book some years ago, I got a hold of that thing, 2,000 plus pages, by the way. Yeah. I read it word for word in a couple of days because somebody came shaking and saying, this is the magic cookbook (laughs) with all the secret recipes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, let's see this cookbook. So from my un, from my vanilla understanding where I get to perceive energies, so when I read something on a page, I get a visual or an understanding, of course, or behind the scenes. You can call it the cliff notes. Lots of ways of describing it, but I get that. So more input. So I'll, I'll read some of the book. I'll perceive. And sometimes I'll chit-chat with myself or other, you know, stuff will come in. And I, when all is said and done, I get through that cookbook, I'm shaking my head. You're at your book. I'm going, oh, they're trying to get me to just be a, a fry cook and not a chef. Trying to get me just mm-hmm. to be in this little box. You know what I'm saying? Fry cook, just a station. Nope. I'm a chef with energies. I can do anything and everything. We all can, by the way. So often these cookbooks will limit our list of ingredients, chakras, energy tools, rocks, crystals, understandings, things like that, and limit us. And then we can only make so much of a recipe with that. Um, but I, I do say... Read all the cookbooks. Hey, there's going to be some good suggestions in there, by the way. But you know, I don't, I don't commit to any of them. But, but yeah. be able to do it all. Well, especially if they at all um, perpetuate the victim victimizer programming, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like a lot of religions do because that is taking responsibility away from you mm-hmm. and power away from you. Yeah, a lot of power. Yeah, and so yeah. If I'm blaming the devil, then I'm I'm making myself a victim, and I'm I'm not claiming my own personal power. Yeah, that's really well said. Yeah, and I lo- I love what you had to say as well, Derek. You know, for I think maybe I, I don't want to speak for Gordy, but I I think we probably do have a common. Oh, see, there it goes. Yeah, <laughs> but like seeing it from the other side, like you're talking about, Derek, where it's like, this is a recipe book. There's a lot of great ideas and wisdom in here, as opposed to being in it, and which is like a, a burden, you know? It's like, you know, everything you're, you're doing is this, like Abby was saying, you're running around in fear all the time. Like, what if my, you know, family goes to hell and I, and I go to heaven? That's almost worse. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's another form of hell, isn't it? Yeah, it's terrible. It's horrifying. And that's where I go back to. Okay, so one of the practices that Castaneda teaches him in stalking is to like perceive two shadows and you sit there and you it's not doing. So he calls this the not doing and you look at the two shadows and you combine them and you make them one shadow. And in doing that, I don't, I, I don't really it's just supposed to open other perceptions to you, right? It's not doing. Um, but I feel like that's kind of the point of all of this, right? This is good, the bad, evil, whatever. We're, we need to change our perception. 
and, and it's well I, I would suggest expand your perception yeah there you uh, go yeah. yeah and then and when you open so when they talk shadow work and there's there's a, a you know a thousand different ways or more of doing these things but really what's behind any of this is your intention so you know you can grab a bag of rocks and shake it and if your intention is that activates my third eye and i want to pick up more well guess what's going to happen because it's your intention so there's lots of ways of doing it um but be open to it and know that your imagination like i said earlier is real and then you're that's where you can get some input in that and that's like like my i just changed my instagram bio to intentional as fuck or intentional af because i feel like that's that's me throwing that out to the world. That's my magic. And that's how I feel like I, I need to be, but we all should be, you know, intentional AF. Word. I love it. Well, yeah, we've been on, well, I, we lot by Gordy. Uh, <laughs> we've been, uh, we've been uh, here for a couple hours and I really want to shout everybody out in the chat. Thank you so much for, for saying some some things and, and pop, piping up there in the chat. It's been great. I really appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. Um, any final thoughts, Bill? Uh, we'll just go around the room and uh, maybe if you have, we didn't do gratitudes this time, but we can maybe talk about uh, just one, one final uh, thing or whatever, whatever you want to do. You know what? Whatever you want, anything. <laughs> Anything. Uh, anything. Um, no, we didn't do gratitudes, which is something that Adam and I do uh, on the intros for 13 questions to kind of get our heart and minds coherent, get that state flowing, because that's where all the good things tend to happen. I did. Uh, we do have a jingle for that, Owen, and, and I know you mentioned it last time on your last live stream. I did not have it prepared, but I do have it on the computer now. So I thought that I could just try it out real quick to see if it's super short so okay. let's give it a shot and so yeah that's that's basically it but yeah, that's uh, something that that we do for our intros uh, before the interview portion for, for 13 questions. Adam and I will share gratitude. And yeah, it's just a great, great, great uh, practice to start off, uh, you know, before we delve into the, the deep introspective questions that we do ask on, on the show. So approaching it with uh, open heart and mind is a good thing. So that's... Uh, just wanted to share that and prove that the jingle does exist for anybody <laughs> yes. going along. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah, I'm super grateful for everybody uh, being a part of the stream. That's for sure. This has been really good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to have to listen back to this because there's a lot of really good information in this uh, episode. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys enjoyed it out there, please do share it with anybody. You know, send send it to over here or posted in this group or whatever if you can think of somebody who might benefit or has questions about it uh that'd be great we really appreciate any of any any free traffic we can get um and uh yeah um final thoughts uh derek anything you want to uh I'll, I'll say too, everybody be sure to check out derek's uh website check out bill's podcast 13 questions derek's website is mysticalwares.com he does scalar energy sessions you're still doing those right on friday uh, yeah free every week uh free every week uh check that out it's awesome um 
but yeah, I'll let you. Uh, yeah. Sure. Actually, it was, was kind of in line with you. I was going to say, I'm grateful for all the, the chatters and all of you because we're all seeing things from different perspectives, which is the good stuff in this life. Because that's, again, how we expand our understanding, seeing it from different perspectives. I mean, there's no right or wrong. There's just different. So I just appreciate everyone. Yeah, man. Thank you. And yeah, um, anything else you want to uh, pr promote or talk about? Uh, people can go. I've got the link to your website in the show notes. Any other social medias or anything like that you want to promote? I mean, we're all over Facebook, but I'll tell you what, do the show. Um, I'll make a coupon code called SAVE10. So anybody that comes from your show will get 10% off everything in our store. And we have lots of stuff online, yeah, Shanghai, different awesome. energy tools. Cool. All right. I'll put that in the chat right now. Uh, as long as well as a uh, link to the website. I want one of your black mirrors. Oh, yeah. And they're actually what they are is um, little Shungai coasters. So here's one right yeah. here. Beautiful. Yeah, isn't oh, that, that is beautiful. Small and convenient. Yeah, they're interesting. So they're on the store as a Shungai coaster, but that's what they duplicate as. So you hold that up and visualize with it. You can scry. So I'll point it at you and you can see I'm okay. already showing reflection. Whoa, that's true. Because it is pure silver and shungite in a resin that we pour into a cup coaster. That's so beautiful. it's a convenient scrying mirror. And you basically hold it, let go of your focus into it, and you will get. And the silver in there is not lost to me, the particles. There's a lot of frequency to that. So I'm telling you, this is a high-def scrying device. It's number want. 47 for those of you who are obsessed with 47 on the periodic table. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of frequencies in there. So it's a lot of fun. Wow, dude. That's yeah, that's really cool. Very, very cool. Neat. Abby, uh, final thoughts. Where can people track you down if they want to learn how to lucid dream? And well, or... first of all, I'm so grateful to have met you guys. This is awesome. This was actually my favorite, um, my favorite podcast that I've ever done. So thank you guys for being here and letting me be a part of it. And you can find me on Instagram. Um, and Telegram, the Grams, and I'm abstract one, and that's abstract with two Bs. SB says he just turned 47. <laughs> he was just listening to Janie and Ma Maria's uh, 47th episode today. <laughs> 47 is haunting me lately i actually pulled just got rid of my piano and um i pulled it back and my son had written on the wall and it said e code 2847 <laughs> i was like there's a 47 right there behind my piano um and the funny thing is oh can i tell a really quick dream i know we're getting ready to get off yeah no i dreamt that i like was calling myself a robot in my dream it was a lucid dream and i um i told myself like on westworld i said bring yourself back online. And I felt this weird thing in, throughout my body. And then I said, um, enter code. And then <laughs> I didn't know what to enter, but I'm like, I'm going to try the code on, that was on, written on my wall. 2847. We'll see what happens. 8675309. Try that one next time. <laughs> I try that too. <laughs> I was going to say, Abby, real quick, um, because you mentioned that 47. I've been wondering for the last day why my attention was drawn to my my odometer on my truck. 47, 47, 47. No way. I, and, uh, yeah. No, and I was like, awesome. things don't just grab my attention. My, my life's that way. So I'm like, what's the deal with this? And I, until you just said that, <laughs> I just think you're missing it. Yeah. And I was like, how crazy is that? So meant to be kind of thing. All of Absolutely. This. Do you have any thoughts on entering this code that she's talking or what? what like if you... 
Any any idea about that? Like I'm joking, obviously, about eight six seven five three zero nine. But like abracadabra, open sesame. I don't I don't know. I mean, is there? There's something to all of that. It's all, and if it's the words, it's a frequency. You're actually tuning with your vocal cords, manifesting. So there's something to that. The numbers are like a zip file. So when we all think about it, remember, oh, wait, 47. Like for me, I remember my odometer. Well, then that opens up another understanding. So there's always more layers to that. But there's a reason so many of us were the 47, 47, of course. So I would, I'm going to go back to and listen to the podcast because I'm going to find another breadcrumb or synchronicity moment and go, oh, aha. And that's yeah. mm-hmm. Cheney's uh, project. Cheney, she did episode forty-seven. <laughs> it's all about the number forty-seven. <laughs> yeah, we got to get uh, we got to get SB and some of the spider folks uh, m- hanging around more. You guys are awesome, and I'm not. I'm I'm home now. I'm not living in the woods like a lumberjack fairy or whatever. Um, I'm back at the house, so I have a little bit more. Uh, more time but uh yeah oh thanks everybody uh you guys are amazing derek thank you so much for coming back everybody please make sure to go check out mystical wares bill fantastic thank you so much for hanging out go and check out 13 questions everybody abby just uh crushing it as always a diamond always and check her out on instagram abstract one two b's abstract one and uh we'll see you guys on the next one of these have an awesome week everybody holler at us hop in the discord chat or the telegram chat i mean